Welcome to Free Life Chapel, where we help you discover and live your free life in Christ. I'm Josiah, and I'm so happy you decided to tune in with us today. Go ahead and connect with us by dropping a comment below or visit our website at freelifechapel.org where you can see what's happening at our church. But for now, we got an awesome experience in store for you, so check it out. In this series uh, on Reserved, we've been looking at the mission, the purpose of the church, of the gospel as it relates to the whole restaurant scene. Week number one, we talked about the kitchen. Like the kitchen is where the chef is, right? And that's where the menu is, is decided and the ingredients all come together. That's, that's where that happens. And, and that's, that's exactly what Jesus, that's what Holy Spirit does. He, he arranges and orchestrates everything. If, if you have no kitchen, you have no restaurant. So you've got to have what's good in the kitchen. Uh, but then you've also then, week number two, we talk about the dining room. And we need people to be serving in the dining room. If you have a kitchen and no one's serving, then how's the food get out there? So the people in the dining room are engaged with people that are coming in, visitors coming into the restaurant, and they're finding the order out. They're going back into the kitchen. You see two environments. The kitchen is hot. It gets messy. There's all kinds of craziness and chaos. And so they're inside the kitchen and going crazy. And when they about to come out of that door, all of a sudden it just straightens up. And now they just walk out like everything has been good, right? And, and so we learn to handle crazy times and times of serving, crazy life. And trusting Jesus, we put all that together to make sure people around us know God is good and we keep serving him. And so that was the first two weeks. Today, I want to talk about not just the kitchen, not just the dining room, but now the table in the dining room. This becomes so important that we understand the perspective of the church and the power of the church because the table is the church. When I was growing up, uh, one of my favorite well, my favorite time of the year still is Thanksgiving. Love Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving comes with gravy. That's like the best, right? Just put gravy on it. It's an amazing, amazing holiday. Uh, act like, act like, look, some of y'all smiling. You didn't say amen, but man, the smile said it all right there. When I was a kid, gravy was my favorite beverage. You understand what I'm talking about? Like just, just, just pour it. And so, um, but Thanksgiving, uh, mom would set the table and usually my aunt and uncle and, and all their kids, my cousins, all, we had these big, these big Thanksgivings together. And when my mom was cooking, uh, you couldn't sit just anywhere you wanted. Everyone had an assigned seat. No, 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 you don't sit there, Scotty. Scotty. Uh, Scotty, no, you, you move down. And then, and then when we first started this whole thing off, I mean, anybody else had the kids' table in the family? Anybody had the, like, you go sit at the kid. What is that? Like, we're little outcasts waiting on growing up to be worthy enough to sit at the bed. Like, seriously? Anyway, I sat at the kids' table for years. It's the little pop-up card table that's got one leg that doesn't hold, you know, and you're trying to hold it, and you know what I'm talking about. And so you kind of went through all that. But my mom, she had it set up like, like dad, my dad would sit at, at, at the head of the table, and then my uncle would sit at the other end of the table. And so, and then my mom wanted to sit next to my dad, and she always sat on the side of the table that was the closest to the kitchen because she was always running back and forth during dinner and reheating this or pulling this out. We need more ice. Let me refill the drink. She was always working. And I began to wonder, is mom even going to eat? She would fill her plate, and usually by the end of the meal, it, it was still there. Because she was running. Are the kids okay? Let me tell you. But she had it all set up. There was a place that we had to sit. But because it was that moment dinner was served, we came running because we were hungry. In, in the Bible, Jesus, 
Jesus speaks to a time when there was a big dinner party going on, kind of like a Thanksgiving party. And, and in Luke chapter 14, he tells this story and, and kind of lays it out and gives us a vivid picture as to the power of the church and how this operates. Listen to what the word says. Luke 14, 16 through 24. Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, Come, the banquet's ready. Food's on the table. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pair of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant turned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite. Look, I want you to notice who he said. The poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. And so his master said, go out into the country lanes of Polk County and behind the... And behind the hedges at Publix and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. So none of those I first, none of those I first invited will even get the smallest taste of my banquet. How you like me now? There was a banquet being set. Invites went out. Everyone going, heck yeah, I'm there, let's go. And then when it came dinner time, they began to make excuses and back out. Ah, I got stuff to do. What you doing? Uh, I'm washing my hair. Tomorrow night, I'm drying it. Like, well, oh my, seriously, like the, all these excuses when it was actually dinner time. It's prepared. It's laid out. We, we prepared it with you in mind, and people started making excuses and backing out. And the man who put the banquet together said, wait a minute, we're not wasting this food, and I've gone to way too much work preparing for guests. I want the place full. I want you to go out, and I want you to find, and he mentions four, he mentions four people. He mentions that the, I want you to get the poor, the cripple, the blind, and the lame. The, the poor, uh, people who are emotionally bankrupt, uh, people who are spent in life. They're just sucking air, paying taxes, and getting through. I want you to go after those people. And um, by the way, I want you to also go after the crippled, those people who are weak, who, who just have a limp in life, uh, that they're just kind of broke down, they're unstable. I want you to go after the blind, people who have no future. They can't see what life is about. They don't know where they're going. They're just existing. They're just hanging out. They've lost hope. They've lost purpose. I want you to go after them. And I want you to go after the lame. The lame is where people are kind of together, but part of them is dead, and they're just dragging a part of their life along with them. They have this heaviness in life. They can't break from a past. It's just difficult. Jesus said, I want you to go after these four. You need to understand something about this, this list. This was not a random list. These were four specific, intentional uh, conditions that Jesus called out because these four are actually spoken of in the book of Leviticus. That's the book you never read in the Bible. And the book of Leviticus actually lists these conditions as somebody, if they have them, they are no longer allowed to be a part of the priesthood. They are considered not optional. And so the religious would listen to this list. And when Jesus said, go find these men, they got like, hold, what, hold on. It shook them because Jesus just upset the entire religious system saying people that you have disqualified 
qualified, I qualify. People that you are overlooking, I love, and I'm giving my life for them. And I'm telling you, you might not want them at the table, but I'm telling you, I made dinner for them. Would you get them in the place? I don't care what their background is. I don't care what their political status is. I don't care what their sexual orientation is. I don't care what they've been through, where they are, what their plans are for tomorrow. I just want them in my presence. Get them in my house. I will deal with it after they're here, but just get them in the house. And here's what he said. Here's the goal. I want my house full. That's what he said. See, some of y'all thought that was only preachers that said that. You just want to see the place full. I do, but that's making me like Jesus. Jesus doesn't want one seat left open. He wants every seat filled with people who are coming to eat from who he is and what he's offered in life. Because he is the best thing your life has ever chewed on in your history. He's good, he's God, and he's for us. And so the table is to be a picture of the church. The table is a picture of, of the church, and, and, and the chairs around it are an order that is supposed to give us a perspective as to who we are and where we're going. You see, here's what I know. Everyone's hungry. People that you work with that won't give you the time of day, they're starving without Jesus. Everyone's hungry, but not everyone's eating. Everyone's hungry, but not everyone knows where the good stuff is. Because at the party, they're eating Twinkies. At this table, they get the bread of life. You see, there's a, there's a, there's a large difference in what Jesus wants to do in their life. And Jesus says, just get the people to the table unless they're invited they're not coming people do not break into your house to sit down at your table no, you, you, alarms are going off you come running downstairs you call the cops they're not sitting at the table going well we just couldn't wait to get here for dinner that does not happen in my house it does not happen maybe at missy rivera's house but it, not at my house it, it doesn't happen at your house either no one's breaking into company no they they're they're coming by invitation who have you invited to the table? Who, who are you helping to fill the chairs around the table? Because you see, in order to do this, this requires the church to have an attitude of hospitality. That means we smile and we hug you before we know you. I've decided I love you, and I don't know what your past is, but it's okay. You can be black, brown, polka dot, yellow, purple, even white, and it's all good. You're welcome inside this place. We roll with loving humanity. We roll with regardless of where you've been, what's going on, you are welcome in this place. You see, the church has got to upgrade its attitude of hospitality. Instead of making it a privilege to be in here, we need to change our mindset and say, everybody is welcome inside this place. The building is not holy. The one who occupies it is holy. And wherever he is, that's where power is. You see, you can have a building and have no presence of Jesus. And the very first one, whenever we show hospitality to people who are far and gone and away from Christ, the truth is we're actually showing hospitality to Jesus and we're loving him enough to bring people in the room. We've got to make sure that our heart and our hospitality is there loving folks. You see, that's why when you go to a restaurant you make sure that it's a menu that people can understand because it's horrible to order stuff and you don't know what you just ordered you might like Mexican but nobody knows what a chimichanga is nobody you don't know what they put in that 
All you know is as long as they put cheese sauce on it, it's going to be good. We've got to make sure that the menu we're offering at Free Life is appealing to people. Oh, yeah. You see, Jesus, Jesus is never, never, never out of order. He is always good with wherever people are, but we have to make sure that we are offering him. That's why we don't use Christianese in our church. We, we try to use language that you would hear at the mall or hear, hear while you're in the street or, or on social media. We try to use some of that language to express and explain who he is so that you don't have to be a part of a club to understand why we do what we do and what Jesus said about life. That's why we will do everything short of sin in order to express the goodness and the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is nothing out of order. I'll use every method in the world to try to reach people because the methods are not holy. The master, the mission, and his message are holy but the methodology that we use to express him is not holy so we shouldn't get jacked up over methods I'll turn to three people and tell them I think he's talking to you I think he's talking to you just tell somebody I think he might be talking to you right now it's important that we're preparing the atmosphere and we're doing this strong that's why ladies and gentlemen can I, can I, can I tell you something that's why at Free Life we don't put out the chinette if it's just us eating that's fine but on Sunday, every Sunday is Easter for us. Every Sunday is Christmas Sunday for us. Someone's coming in for the very first time every Sunday. We can't play with these moments. They've got to be prayed over. They've got to be served right. We have to raise the atmosphere. We've got to smile and love folks as they're walking in regardless of where they're coming from. It does not matter. We love people. They could come in wearing a great big political symbol on their shirt, and I'm going to love you just as you are. Whether I agree or not, that's not the issue. Jesus is the common denominator that we're after in this room, and we love people where they are. We're not looking for what divides us. We're looking for that that pulls us together. He's the game changer. We, we have to understand the hospitality, the purpose of coming together, and that's what the church has got to relearn again. Because if the church is not careful, the church will get so focused on making sure that the fed are comfortable instead of feeding the hungry. We become inbred where we make it all about us and what we like. Have you noticed something about the menu at a restaurant? They serve stuff that you don't like. You ever order something and oh my God. It's horrible when you've got that, right, right? And so you go back, I'm never having that again. And you find that one thing that you like, and now you don't even need the menu. You go in and you sit and I say, you want the regular? Mm-hmm, please, with extra of that. Okay, I got They already know because, and look, you skip everything else. You don't care about the Brussels sprouts or the broccoli. I want the fries and the chicken fingers, and I need three extra honey mustards with that, please, and some ketchup on the side, and a sweet tea. Just bring the jug. You've already got it down. You, you, don't, you skip everything else. Here's what I want you to understand. That menu is made broad, and you don't have to like everything on the menu to go back to the restaurant you found what serves you what you enjoy and someone sitting beside you might order something that you hate but they love it you see that's why we have to understand everything we do at free life chapel there might be some things that you just love i love when they do that and then there's that one thing i just wish he wouldn't do that i just wish he wouldn't say that oh my god why does he do that that wasn't for you skip it that was for somebody else because you see, we're talking to unchurched, de-churched, over-churched, and mature. 
We're talking to many different groups of people in this room, and there's something that doesn't jive with you, then please let it go. There's restaurants you still go back to, and you don't like everything on the menu. You can come to Free Life Chapel and realize there's stuff on the menu that might not be for me, but I'm still going to lean in because I've found some stuff that feeds me. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah. You see... This is why we're after creating an atmosphere that you can bring your friends and guests to and know that they're going to enjoy something on the menu. Because for the longest time, for someone who has not been a part of the church to come in, it's as if they have to bribe and beg and break their way into a, into a religious club in order to kind of fit in. And we want them to know that everyone is welcome. That's why it's faith and fun side by side. An atmosphere of hospitality that everyone is welcome. And even if you don't believe like we do yet, you can feel like you belong and you're loved and you're accepted. And we hope to see you back next Sunday right here all over again. This is the heart of Jesus. This is what I see throughout his word of what he did. And so today, I just want to kind of take you through a little journey and show you the purpose of the church. Listen, I think my mom got her understanding of there's a sign seats at the table from Jesus because the table has a purpose to it. This chair right here has someone that sits at it. This, this chair right here is the one that Jesus sits in. That's why I'm not even going to sit in it. I don't belong in that. Jesus is at the head of the table. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not confused. This place is not about Free Life Chapel. Oh, there's a sign on, uh, uh, the name of our church is out there so people can identify us, but this is not about us. This is for something much greater than we are. This is not a Scott Thomas show, a Cindy Thomas show, a Free Life show. This is the kingdom of God. We are one division of the kingdom of God, and we're here repping Jesus. It's about the one that sits in the chair at the table, it's his. John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus said this because he's the one, he's the reason we're here. He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He is here served. Jesus called himself the carbs of life. He said, you should have a high-carb diet, all right? That's what he's after in our life. We should be feeding on him. And here's the deal. Bread is what's being served here. Jesus is what's being served. We just happen to have several condiments that go on that. Sometimes we put some peanut butter on there. You might like rye. You might like pumpernickel. You might like wheat. You might like Wonder Bread. Why is it called Wonder Bread? Because we wonder what's in there. Why does it stay soft so long? I don't know. But we like it. However you like it. We can serve Jesus. And we, you might know, I'm not a peanut butter. Well, here's some jelly or some peanut butter and jelly. Or maybe you just want some oil and you just want some herbs that you can kind of dip that thing in. However you need. Jesus says, put things on me. I want you to use creativity and elements and methods that's going to make me palatable. But get the bread. Get the the life inside of them so they understand that I am good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's called the bread of life. You see, there should be a fresh smell of baked bread in the room. Nothing rehearsed. Nothing just like, well, they just pulled that out. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. There should be life in this. I mean, if Jimmy John's can give you free smells, do you understand? Like when you walk in, like... Oh, God, I'm so hungry right now. What, what is that? It's like it just talked to me. When people step in the place, they oh, that aroma, that aroma. What? It's Jesus in the place. We should be able to smell and sense and feel Jesus in the room before I even get the chance to experience the message of the worship. I smelled Jesus in the parking lot, and I smelled him in the lobby, and I was going to the restroom before service, and I ran into Jesus. Now I'm not just, man, the aroma of Jesus, his goodness, the freshness of Jesus. 
should be everywhere in this place. So Jesus is at the head of the table. It's his house. We're not confused. And then this chair right here is really important. This chair is for the not yet convinced. People who are coming, but I'm not sure if I believe yet. Been to church, been hurt by church, been lied to by church, been judged by church. I don't know if I believe that stuff or not. I get you. I get you. Sometimes church sucks. I get that. Because it's damaged a lot of people. Religion has. And so to even show up again after what some of you have been through and to still give Jesus another chance, my hat's off to you. I love and I honor you for that. Because somewhere you realize just because people went sideways doesn't mean Jesus did. And so we, we sit at this table. Can I tell you something? The deepest churches in the world spiritually are the ones putting people in this seat. You see, if we're not careful, we make this thing so about us. As long as we're being fed, as long as we enjoy it, and the church is imploding because there's no new faces, no new hearts, nothing new going on. This should be a place we should be filling this year with people who are not yet convinced. How do they get here? they got to be invited. We're going after folks who don't know him, and we're saying, hey, would you come in? Would you be a part of this? I'll take you to five guys after church. We'll hook up. I'm buying. Like, like let's go. You, let, let, please, we would love to have you be a part. And if you're in this chair today, I want you to know that you're, you're, you're smart. You're, I, my, again, I salute you because the Bible even says that there's a blessing for being in this chair. The Bible says those that hunger and thirst after righteousness are going to be filled there's a, there's a blessing that comes when you realize I'm hungry. Something in life is not feeding me. I've got an empty spot, and the party last weekend didn't do it, and this third relationship I'm in in the past month is not doing it. I've, got, I've tried the money. I've got the house. I've got, something is still empty. You've shown up to the table, and the goal is for us to put this chair right beside Jesus because at Free Life, the goal is not to get them hooked on the church. The goal is to get them hooked on Jesus, and we want you as close to Jesus as we can because he's the only one that can change lives church listen ladies and gentlemen listen this can't be about free life chapel and just kind of trying to make our name a new brand in america we don't need another brand in america we need jesus to be elevated he said if i'm lifted up i'll draw all men to me can we just get people to the table to see him to experience him how does that happen jesus the word says this they will know you're my disciples by the love you have one for another when these people walk in and they feel loved not judged loved not criticized, loved, not put down, not look side eyes, sucking teeth and rolling eyes. We're not doing that. You're welcome. We love you. All your issues. You know why? Because the person you're sitting beside right now has major issues in their life too. We all need Jesus in our life. We all are jacked up in some area of our life. But when we get this person beside Jesus and that love melts their heart, that's the game changer. And the goal is this, to move them from this chair to this chair we got to get them from chair two to chair three. This is where things change. You see, this is how you know that a church is alive and Jesus is in the place, is when the spiritual nursery is full. This chair is for the new believer. Jesus is in chair one. The not yet convinced is in chair two. Chair three is, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I'm giving him my life. He died for me. i got to figure this thing out. You see, this chair 
is full of people who are up and down, in and out, back and forth, tried it, fell down, tried it, fell down, tried it, fell down, tried it, fell down. Oh, my God. They, they're, they're frustrated. They're angry. They're cussing. They're all kind of, and, 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 and we roll with it. You're welcome. You're figuring this thing out. The Bible says a good man, a righteous person, falls seven times and gets back up. We go through our processes. We allow people to move in this capacity. This is what we're here for, helping others to discover and live the free life in Christ. We, we invite them to the table, and we put them right next to the guest of honor, Jesus. Look at him. He's amazing. He died for you. He loves you. He's for you. Grace and mercy, not condemnation and guilt. Grace and mercy and love and joy and hope and a future. That's everything he died to give you. And once they begin to believe, we move them to this chair. Now we start discipling. Now we start training. Now we start teaching. Now we start pouring life into them. Now we start encouraging. Now we're shooting them text messages. Hey, how you doing? You good? Let's get some coffee today. And we start doing life and talk about what marriage looks like here and what, what living for Jesus and running a bit. We help people in this chair move their life forward and then hopefully we move them to this chair chair number four this is the mature chair where, where mature believers are sitting people have been serving Jesus for a minute discovered who Jesus is walking some things out got the principles down I'm living I'm not perfect but I've got some movement and I'm I understand and I'm progressing I'm not who I used to be thank God I'm not perfect but I'm growing in my faith I used to sit in chair number two I wasn't sure about it but I fell in love with Jesus and then I moved here thank God some people took time to train me and talk with me and love me through my seasons because I was a mess but I went through I made it through that and now I find myself sitting here and now I'm able to turn around and pour back into some other folks because I've learned a few things. Can I tell you so something about this chair? This is the chair my mama would sit in. Not because she's mature in that, but this, this is the chair where whoever sits at this chair is the one who's serving the table. You're sitting down to eat. Everyone's got, oh, wait, 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 we're going to need to refill the drinks. Let me go to the kitchen. Y'all need something? Good, okay. Y'all just go ahead. And, oh, ice. We need some ice. I see. We need to. And this person never seems to eat. They're always running to serve. Why? Because the mature person is the one who has learned to self-feed. They might not eat while everybody else is, but they've learned to eat when it's important because I don't show up to eat. I ate before I got here, so I've got enough energy to give back and serve everyone else at the table mature people how do you measure spiritual maturity by those who have learned to eat and do devotions on Monday by themselves I can sing a worship song on a Tuesday by myself I can I can have Bible study on Thursday and Friday with some friends I can join a life group and be leaning in and be serving Jesus listen to some podcasts I can do that by myself when I show up on Sunday I want to enjoy I want to glean I want to eat I'm going to worship but I'm not confused I'm at this table to serve this table not so that the table will serve me this is next level right here chair one Jesus chair two not yet convinced Chair three, brand new convinced. Attending Connect Four. How can I serve in the church? I want to get involved. I'm coming to the mixer. How do I get above this? This is the mature chair. Oh, and by the way, do you know why the mature chair is sitting at this end of the table? So that they can see Jesus. And because I'm sitting here, all I do is everything he did. My actions and my decisions are not my own. 
I keep my eyes on him. When he picks up the fork, I pick up my fork. When he reaches, I reach. When he loves, I love. When he encourages, I encourage. As long as I keep my eyes on him, I've got a clear shot to him. Now I can express to these. Jesus is touching those hearts. I'm his voice reaching out, and all I'm doing is what I see him doing. That's why I study my word. That's why I'm praying. That's why I'm serving him, so that I can mimic Jesus and be a living example of him in this culture. But there's one more chair i got to highlight. Would you all help me with this, with this final chair? This chair, I'm going to really recommend that you all stay out of this next chair. This is God's will for nobody's life. This, this, chair, this chair usually sits really close to the mature. Uh, it's, it's right here at the end of the table. And um, you may call it a high chair. But the truth is, it's a why chair. You know what I'm talking about? Saints, pray. <laughs> I'm sitting on top of the world, y'all. Why did we have to paint the sanctuary black? <laughs> Someone after the first service today sent a question into Free Life Chapel uh, question, uh, banging us up for actually investing so much money in the prison system. We should be putting it somewhere else. Why are you spending money on people who can't get out? When religion speaks, it gets exposed really quick. I'll respond later personally. Why'd you sing a secular song in church? Why don't you have five hour services? It'd be more spiritual. You see, people in the white chair, can, can I tell you who gets in the white chair? It's never, it's never the not yet saved. It's never the newly saved. It's the people that think they're mature, that climb the ladder so they can look down on everybody else and start pointing out what they want to see happen. And it needs to happen this way, in my opinion. They disregard the view of Jesus. They've gone higher than he is. And if everyone would just do it my way, it would be better. You see, we have to be so careful because this chair of judgment begins to seep in. And then we say, why did you drive a four-wheeler down the aisles and up on the platform? Why did you swing on a rope out across the auditorium? Why did you use a chainsaw to cut a tree down in the church? Why? Why did you have to change everything in the lobby? Oh, my God, the, the kids' area is an eyesore now. I can't believe you did that. Oh, my God, why? Why can't we spend my... <laughs> If you will pray, I'm about to descend. 
I should just jump. But I'm not going to do that. Thank you. (laughs) The prayer I prayed between there and there was amazing just a second ago. Who are you inviting to fill this chair? Who, Who are you bringing? See, don't see what we read in the beginning of this message as the pastor's job. Oh, pump your brakes a minute. Jesus was talking to everybody in the house. He was talking to you. Friends don't let friends go to hell. I reach. I talk. I invite. Don't be obnoxious. Got plenty of that. But I love you enough to tell you I would love for you to come and be a part. There's people right now that I've been talking to about Jesus for three years, one of them for five years at the gym. I'm reaching. It's amazing the conversations I'm having in the gym now. Reaching out because I love these guys and I want the best for them. But it's not like we go rushing in. We just, we keep the invite going. We keep loving. We keep praying. We keep encouraging and we keep the door open. Who are you bringing to the chair? Maybe you've been here and you did change seats. Go ahead and say yes to Jesus. Maybe this is the day where you upped your game and say, I'm moving up on the table. I'm going for it. I'm going to, I'm going to mimic my life after him. Religion is whack, and religious people are nuts. But I can do Jesus. I understand. I'm with you. I've got you. Let's do this. Not religious. But what does the Bible say? And let's just live that. He's crazy about you. Believe what he said. People will lie to you. Churches can drop you. But Jesus is faithful. You can depend on him. We need people who are ready to serve the table. I'm looking for some people that are 18, 19, and 20 years old that are ready to sit in this chair. You're not too young to lead and too young to serve. There's a place for you to jump in here and begin to work the table. We need some folks who have been doing Jesus for a long time. You know Jesus. You're experienced. We need you here talking to folks here so that as they transition from here to here, we've got the chairs moving. As we're all keeping our eyes on Jesus, we move this forward. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the order and the purpose of the church. If we forget it, we make it all about us, and we no longer even need this chair at the table anymore because we're having our own party. But once Jesus is brought back in the mix, everything comes into order. Life hits the place. The bread is baking. It's fresh. People are going to be coming from the north, south, east, and west. People who have been disqualified and ostracized and pushed away. We're opening the doors and saying, the bread is on and table is set. Get up inside the room. Everybody is welcome to the table. We've got good news in this place. And we're going to fill the chairs. I'm just telling you today, this is the call of the gospel for you and for me together. We've got to fill the chairs at the table. I want my house full. That's what Jesus said. Stand to your feet. Come on, I'm done.
Which chair are you in today? Not yet convinced? Newly convinced? Walking this thing out? Been doing this for a while. I know he's good. I know he's faithful. Regardless of where you are, you're welcome at this church. And we're honored to have you. Unchurched, dechurched, overchurched. That's who we're after. We're not going to do things like every church in the city intentionally. I love ministries in this city. I don't care what background, traditional. I can go have two and a half hours at church right now and enjoy every lick of it. I love church. I, I love being around. But I, let's, I, I'm more churchy than Noah was Arky. Do you understand? I enjoy church. We're not better than any other church. Our expression, our packaging is no better than anybody else's. But this is our lane. And we're not coming off of it. And we're not the church for everybody. We're not trying to be. That's why we don't take votes. We're running by vision. And so God is orchestrating and putting some things together. But these chairs are not optional. Every church is called to fill these chairs. If we're not putting people in these chairs, we're wasting our time, ladies and gentlemen. And the way that you know it's working is when you have people sipping in this, sipping in this chair. Because any time mature believers have been intimate with Christ, they start to produce new believers. And when we see life change happening in this room, it's proof positive. You might not think we're as spiritual as the next church. But what do you do with people who are turning their life over to Jesus? How do you explain that other than the love and the life of Jesus reaching and touching the heart and drawing them in? What we're doing today matters. Your being here matters. You watching online, it matters. I want us to pray today. And I want you to, I want you to pray and take this on of God. Help me fill the chairs. I want you to decide which chair you're in. And maybe, maybe you feel like you've gone from the mature chair to the white chair. Because the truth is, I'm going to be honest with you, I've been here. I've sat in this chair. I've done it. We get, get it all about ourselves. We get so me-focused. and Oh, my God. It's always to pull out the passy and just go there and feel, good, feel bad about ourselves. We, we can do all this. we got to come out of this chair. I'm going to stop complaining. I'm going to start making a difference. And we get involved and do something for the kingdom of God. Jesus, today we need you. We want you to be the, the, the Lord of the church. We want you to be the king of the church. We want you at the head of the table. Not Scott and Cindy, not an organization. You. You are the focus to everything that happens in this place. You deserve the glory. You deserve the honor because you're the only one that can change a life. I can't change anybody. This organization can't do anything. But you, as you said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. You are the one who is the radical life changer. We're, we love you. We want to rep you with the best that we've got to a culture that has lost sight of you. Today, God, we're going to elevate your son, Jesus. Father, I pray that you would guide us and lead us. And as we inspect our lives, help us to identify where we're sitting. God, I thank you for those who are not yet convinced, but they continue to come. They're welcome. There's a chair at the table right beside you for them. God, let us always create an atmosphere where people can be invited that are not yet convinced but they can sit and feel embraced and loved and experience you, the reputation of you on full display. God, help us to do that in a way that honors you. 
And Lord, those that are sitting in the, in the new believer chair, I pray you would encourage their faith as they make the transition from not yet believer to new believer. Encourage their faith and let them feel the love and the hope and the life that only you can give. And let them hear the voice of the mature speaking back to encourage and disciple and lead them. Help the mature, God, that, that we realize it's not about us. We're not climbing a ladder, but we're now to reach out and to help others around us. It's not about me. It's about impacting others for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. That's the call of the believer. Jesus, you said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. We're called to do this. Outside of that, I'm not even living the life you said I should as a believer. So today, God, we lean in. We want to be a part of what you're doing in this place. Help Free Life Chapel to be the table that Jesus is sitting at the head of so that this church can be healthy, mature, growing, and building your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.